Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook, joined by Justin Wells. It's Friday night. You know what that means. Another edition of Questions Answered. We're going to look at a bunch of different aspects of this Texas versus Iowa State game. Before we go into it, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, keep up with everything on Texas football for everything Texas football. So, Justin, we are on the cusp of watching a 10-win team. You ready to see what happens this Saturday in Ames? I am, man. It's been, uh, I think, 2018 was the last time Texas had won 10 and uh, when they won the Sugar Bowl, but they haven't won 10 in a regular season since 2009. So, buddy, we're, we're looking at, you know, we're looking at some time here. Yeah, it's been a bit, uh, you know, we talked about how uh, 2018 was 10 wins in a different way. We'll get into that later. Uh, let's start with some of the pressing issues of this game. Running back room is obviously going to be without Jonathan Brooks. What do you want to see from the Texas run game when Steve Sarkeesian utilizes it this Saturday? You want to see yeah, – <laughs> I mean, you want to see him be able to run the ball without Brooks. I don't know a fancy way of wording that. Uh, you just want to see him be able to rely on that run game like they have all season long. We know Sark wants to go vertical. We know this is a pass-first offense. That's why you've got the big-time quarterback and those receivers. But Jonathan Brooks has been the, the bell cow. He's been the one that made this offense go even when it wasn't clicking. So you just want to find somebody. I think it's more in the aggregate, to be honest with you. Like, I think C.J. Baxter's finally healthy, and, and he's going to do well. I think Jaden Blue can come in for a few snaps and, and, and give you something. He's averaging like four or five yards a carry. I'd like to see Savion Red take a couple totes with the Rocket, running back for a package or two, maybe even Keely Robinson. So I think you're going to do it in a money ball style. I think it's essentially going to be the, the group there. But I think Baxter's going to be the one. If Baxter can can set the tone, I don't think they'll miss Brooks as much. And that's a lot asking a, a true freshman from Edgewater, Florida, to take on that role. But it's not just going to be that running back room. The O-line's going to have to block maybe a little bit longer. Ewers is going to have to be a little bit more particular, you know, on third downs. You know, you, everyone's going to have to do a little bit more because your main touchdown machine that nobody thought of in the beginning of the season is out for the rest of the year. So I feel like it's going to be more of a, a group community effort. Yeah, I, I think that's 100% true. But, you know, even though it's going to be a group effort, you're going to see a good amount of carries from C.J. Baxter, if not the majority Yes. Um, the thing that you you really lose with Jonathan Brooks, aside from his great athletic ability, and, and to be fair, both Brooks, Baxter, Blue, Robinson, they're all great athletes. But Brooks had the best vision of the bunch. If When he's yes. running behind his own scheme, he would be able to find where that hole was better than any of those guys in Tashard Choice's position group, and he'd find it, he would hit it, and that's why you saw several explosive runs this year. Baxter, that's not been his strength. He no. he may be, you know, at for He's his more downhill. Yeah, for his size, he could be a better athlete than Brooks. And, and that's saying something, but he yeah. hasn't been as good of a running back as Brooks because he just has not been decisive. He hasn't been able to find uh, you know, where to run the football. I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Sarkeesian gives him some help, uh, yeah. gives him some help with gap scheme stuff to where you follow that offensive lineman's butt. If you see DJ Campbell running around the corner, you follow DJ Campbell around the corner, and that's where you go. And I think that would help him out. Um, elsewhere, 
you know, we, we may not see Jaden Blue or Keelan Robinson run between the tackles like, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of in the Alamo Bowl last year. But we're still going to see them get the rock, and I'd like to see them run hard and run fast like they have been. This time they just got to do it against some of the first-string guys instead of, you know, backups like has been pretty common in their snaps. Good call. Yeah, they have been doing a lot of that mop-up work. So flipping over to the other side of the ball, Iowa State's not really an explosive offense, but they're an efficient offense. We saw some comments coming from the Cyclone <laughs> offensive line room earlier this week, and uh, I think that'll uh, lead into some of the answers uh, for this question. Which defensive players are most important this week for the Longhorns? You know, you could say, and I think you and I have done this, you know, you can just say de facto to Von and, and Byron Murphy. Those are, you know, the, those are your most important guys because your two best, you know, defenders obviously inside and outside of Jade Barry and probably your two best defensive players on the team. Um, you know, it's funny, Joe, this game felt like earlier in the week, there was no juice. This had trap game written all over it. And you go into Iowa state at night, people are going to assume that anyway. I think they cost Oklahoma state a chance at a national championship game in 2011, 2012, because they had to go up to Ames at night. A lot of stuff can happen, but then Iowa state's offensive lineman came out. And, and like you said, it wasn't a milk toast quote. He was kind of Talking like talking what he believed. And, and we, we like players to come out and do that. He just may have been saying it to the wrong people. Like that guy could have picked any other position group in the on the team and had a better shot at coming out looking okay than, than doing this. I think what they did was give Texas some juice. I think Texas was kind of looking at Iowa State like, yeah, we're better. We should go in there. We should dominate. But there wasn't an edge to them. Now you got an edge, and that's all it takes is one guy running his mouth. It gets blown out of proportion. It gets put on a bulletin board, and all of a sudden, the trip to Ames is more of a pride thing. It's more of a, well, we know we need to win for 10 wins, but we need to win for our pride because we got some dude running his mouth over here. So I like it, and I know Matt Campbell does not like it, but I kind of liked it because now this game has some juice, and now I feel like the Texas defense – with offense missing Brooks, the defense is going to be your fact, probably going to be the deciding factor. It's going to be the one where they're probably not going to give up a ton to Iowa State, and it may help the team, uh, you know, overall. So I, I just think it gave them a little boost on defense. I'm going Sweat and Murphy. Let's let's see what, let's see how that goes. I may actually disagree with you on that one. I I, I kind of think that um, at least on a certain aspect of it. Yeah. I know that Matt Campbell may not have liked that that got in front of Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, but I don't think that that offensive lineman says that without it coming from somebody above him in the Cyclone football program, whether that means Campbell said it himself or maybe somebody from uh, uh, Campbell's uh, lieutenant said it. Somebody said it that disseminated down to uh, the Cyclone offensive line room. So, um, I, I bet that's a prevailing notion within that locker room. Uh, and, you know, rightfully so. We've heard it plenty of times from Brees Hall and Brock Purdy and others. And, uh, but but I, I think that comes from Campbell. And I'm also going to disagree with you with – I don't think that Iowa State's going to try to test those two. Last year – Oh, that, I don't think they're going to test them necessarily. I didn't mean test them. I, I didn't mean it that way. Right, but last year – You go in the opposite direction when you see those big chokers. Right, 28 <laughs> carries, 74 yards for Iowa State. They couldn't get anything going on the ground, and 
to Hunter Decker's credit, passed for 330 yards, two touchdowns, and probably should have had a third and another, you know, 60-something yards if it weren't for Xavier Hutchinson dropping the football. But um, I, I don't think it's going to be Murphy and Sweat because I don't know how much time they're going to have to make an impact on plays. So I'm going to go – I went with three guys, Anthony Hill, Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, that second level to make sure that, uh, you know, when, when Iowa State goes intermediate and they're trying to – uh, get some quick stuff out uh, that it's too tough for uh, him to be able to, or for that cyclone offense to move down the field in bunches thanks to intermediate passing. So that's a look at the uh, the offense and defensive side. Let's talk a little bit about like a big picture thing. Of course, okay. Texas needs to keep on winning in order to make it to the Big 12 title game. They don't want to leave it in anybody else's hands. They want to have it in their own hands, uh, and winning will do that. A win this week gets win number 10, and it's a 10-win regular season, like you mentioned, for the first time since 2009. They don't mean as much as when 11 games and 12 games total were on the schedule, but it still means a lot of success. So what do you take from, if Texas were to make it to 10 wins, what do you take from that? What meaning do you take from that? I think it's pretty transparent. Steve Sarkeesian's trajectory remains upward. And when you're a head football coach at a major college program that loves their football, that's that's pretty much how status quo needs to go. Before you win big, you need to be on the on the hill climbing up to winning big. I think Bobby Bowden said it best. You know, there's four levels of it. First, you lose bad. Then you lose close. Then you win close. Then at the end, you start winning big. And I think that's kind of I think Texas is in that middle soft ground right there. I think they're trying to, to find that to that their footing to continue that trend. Um, we've said it for six months, probably back into the spring. The culture of the group is different. And I think we've seen that in these close wins when they'll drop a big lead, blow a big lead. And they, and they have to rely on some of these guys to come back. To me, that's what a, a 10 win season means. It means these guys are on the right path. We, we, you know, they haven't stumbled yet. OU was a law, their only loss, and that's a rivalry game, and it was close, and it went down to the last drive, the last 10, 15 seconds of the game. That's that's excusable in any college football season. You know, the rivalry games are always crazy, especially when you smear them 49 to nothing the year before. So I, I think it just shows that the, the, the path is right. I think that they're continuing to go up each season. Sark has built on the last season. And when you're building your program back to where you want it to be when Mac Brown was here, that's exactly what you want to see. So that that's what that tells me. It tells me that they're on the right path. They've got the right people in place. And with this, this 2024 recruiting cycle, with over half of them going to be uh, almost half of them in early enrollees, it just feels like the trajectory is going to continue to go up. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. See, I'm going to look at it a little bit more in the context of like just this season. If you win 10 games, it means you got a lot of talent on the roster. It means you got good coaches, uh, no doubt. And I think we kind of have seen those coaches improve the team like you've talked about. But it means there's a lot of talent on the roster. And I think if they can get to 10, and, you know, if they can get to 11, it proves Steve Sarkeesian has a program that can beat other Big 12 teams handily on good days, BYU, um, you know, even uh, uh, Kansas, Baylor. It can beat those teams on good days and can beat great teams on good days like Alabama. Um, it can go toe-to-toe with, it. you know, it, it shot itself in the foot, obviously, with with Oklahoma, but, you know, they can score 30 points on, on good days and be in a game where they have, what, three turnovers. Yeah. There's enough talent to do that on good days, and there's enough talent to eke out wins on bad days. We saw it with Kansas State, another good team, where they had you know, yeah. one of the worst five-minute stretches of football we've seen in the Steve Sarkeesian era. 20 points right there. Uh, they We saw it with TCU. We saw it with Houston in that second quarter and a little bit in the third quarter that nobody really had as good of a day. There's depth. You know, the guys behind Quinn Ewers, the guys behind uh, Jalen Catalan and, and even Keaton Crawford, you know, behind Ryan Watts. There's a step down. That's why those guys are starters. But there's enough talent on this team to where if you have to throw out Derek Williams, talented but a freshman, you have to throw out – um, you know, different guys trying to think like like Jet Bush has to play a lot of buck in Ethan Burke's place. Yeah. Uh, um, Connor Robertson, you know, tried his best with with Oklahoma. You can throw yeah, those pitch, guys your out there. Straight center. Yeah. You can you can throw those guys out there. You have enough talent on the roster to overcome bad play on bad days. And I think, you know, you 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 want to eliminate those bad days. Steve Sarkeesian's talked about that plenty. But I think if they can get to 10, knowing what we've seen this season. It just shows that this is one of the more talented rosters, at least that we've seen at Texas, but assuredly in the Big 12 in this version of it. So, um, Justin, can't really remember what we uh, had the predictions at. I know Matthew's going to help us out there, uh, but it is time. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure. Man, I wish we'd have remembered that because I, I thought I covered on that one too, but I may not have. I know I did on Kansas State. TCU, I knew it was going to be close. I think we're either tied or you have a one-game lead. Right. We'll figure right. out. I'll let Matt be able to yeah, find yeah. that for us as he's, he's always efficient. Yeah. Adept at doing. But Texas is going to head to Ames, Iowa, as a favorite at night in Jack Trice Stadium. Pretty tough place to play. And when they show up, or at least as we're recording this, they are a seven and a half point favorite. So seven in the hook in Ames in late November. What are your thoughts on whether Texas covers the spread or not? I do. I think Texas covers the spread. Um, I, I had the prediction in a roundtable. Uh, Texas, I believe it was 37 to 20, 37 to 21. Um, I think Iowa State's always about – you're going to get – there were six points at home, especially at night, because Jack Trice is a great place to play. It's a good It's a good game to go cover because uh, those play, those people, they look for – there's two teams they look to play for every year, Iowa and Texas. 
And so they're going. those fans are going to show out on a senior night. So I like Texas to cover. I, I think the seven and a half has been pretty consistent. I feel like that's what it was on Wednesday. And so it, it, I feel like that's kind of stayed. The way, and it's essentially a touchdown and a half. Um, but I think Texas wins by a little bit more than that. I, I am not expecting the Horns to go into Ames and blow out Iowa State, uh, no matter how many Cyclones take the over under at FanDuel. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think it will be close, and I do think it will be a solid game. Texas will pull out in the second half. I got them covered. You? That's a, that's a great reference right there. Um, I'm going I said to reference that every time we play them. And now that uh, Texas doesn't play them anymore, I'm not going to be able to make that joke. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we're going to the SEC, and I know that footprint of the country. There are a lot of states that have gambling, sports gambling legalized. <laughs> also, one thing, the story of Jack Trice, tragic, but one that's yes. heroic and one that I think a lot of college football fans should definitely know. Make sure you take the time to read about that and read his letter uh, the night before. I, th- I think it was written the night before his tragic passing. But back to this, I said 26-20, so I don't think that that Texas covers. Ooh, I think you this, got it close. I, so I could, games, see this, I could see this being like a 26-13 game for then, most of the contest. Yeah, Iowa State maybe getting you know one last score with a few yeah. minutes left. And then Texas, surprisingly, being able to ice it. And I think that would – you know, you say 26-20, oh, that's bad news – well, the rest of it, you know, that part would be good news. And that would be great news heading into a game with a Texas Tech team uh, that would love nothing more than to upset the entire season. And it would give you probably a little bit of breathing room when it comes to the Big 12 title race, which on other weeks I'd be researching this tiebreaker thing up and down. Yes. but It's been, I, it's I, been popular this week. I haven't had the, the need quite yet to – go ahead and, and do research on it. So in another effort to try and get a game on you, I, I predict Texas winning, but I don't think they'll they'll cover the seven and a half. So I think our man Danny Davis at the Austin American Statesman put out something that if Texas beats Iowa State, there's only one scenario where they couldn't, they still couldn't make the Big 12 championship. Obviously, there'd be a Texas Tech loss. But it's it he didn't put it into to details, but still I, I you know I think Texas probably clinches a spot, but you know, you know, but you and I both know these teams in the top six of the college football playoff are going to play each other in the next few weeks. You start knocking those guys down, Texas keeps stacking a couple W's, then we get to talk about the playoffs, and that's a lot more fun than talking about a Big Twelve tiebreaker. Texas fans need to root for the Beavers out in Oregon State. They play Washington this week, and they play Oregon in the Civil War. I think this upcoming Friday. So. A uh, big couple games in the Pacific Northwest, but we got stuff in the Great Plains to pay attention to. So, Justin, thanks again, as always, for joining me on another edition of Questions Answered. Good luck. You're headed to a playoff game in Palestine tonight, and I can give you some recommendations on where to go if you want some Tex-Mex or anything else in that little mecca of East Texas. Yeah, you, I, you and I, you've been uh, frequenting Palestine here in the last couple of season, couple of years for great reason, wonderful, stupendous, awesome family reasons. I've been in Palestine back and forth my whole life, from soccer to football to basketball. Uh, there's good fishing out there, and there's some good hole in the wall food coming off that loop if, if you want to find it. And so, I just know that's where Adrian Peterson. That's where I first saw Adrian Peterson. So anytime I cross through that city limit, that's the first thing I think about is that night I watched Adrian Peterson 
absolutely decimate high school football kids. And so Palestine's going to be fun tonight. Ty Anthony Smith, Kobe Black. And the only way you're going to know about any of it is it going to InsideTexas.com. you got to check out. you got to refresh every 10 or 15 minutes. you got to keep up with the community. Come join us. Let us earn your business. It'll be a great time. Justin, thanks again for joining me. Thank you for watching another edition of Questions Answered with On Texas Football. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, head to Inside Texas where you can get one month, which at this point, that gets you through National Signing Day. And That's the butter of our bread, man. That December is when you join. Exactly. Get through National Signing Day, get through however long Texas stays in contention for all these different high lofty uh, bowl games, championship <laughs> opportunities, practices in bowl games, no matter what bowl that they're in. Stick with Inside Texas. Stick with On Texas Football. Justin, thank you. Matthew Hutchinson, our producer, thank you. We will see you next time on On Texas Football.